2: Always love the of Jimmy. British, punk, yo, hello,
3: hello, hello, hello! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We're going to have an interesting show for you guys today. Uh, we have Harley uh, Harley Wallen and Jan Birch coming on to talk about their new film. And possibly Lorraine Landon, if she gets back from the driver's license place quick enough, is going to call in also. Um, should be a lot of fun. In the meantime, well, let's say hi to everybody. And I'll start off with my unfortunately sick, uh, cool, outrageous man about town, co-host, host, Mr. Russell. I'm all messed up, too. I'm sick, too. It
2: got me. Jimmy had it. He's been sick for like two weeks.
3: He's still I was it.
2: doing good. Now <laughs> I've got it. So today, don't expect too much from me, folks. I can't see. I can't hear. My hearing, I I guess my head cold is so bad that it's clogging every fucking hole. Anyway, <clears throat> um, I'm going to do my best because like they say this So, what are you pulling? Hairs off my mic? Where yeah. Was, where was this mic, Jimmy? Up I, don't,
3: here? <laughs> I don't have um, those kind of hairs.
2: <laughs> so, Um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, there's a little dog. Oh, yeah. Whoever the hell said the show must go on was crazy. He didn't have a head flu. As to where these flus are coming from, I don't know. But I wrote this morning on Facebook that back in 1940 when I was a kid, in the 50s when I was a teenager, in the 60s when I was a grown-up, we didn't have all of these flus. We would get sick occasionally. Now it's twice a year, three times a year. Why? Because of the jet plane. I read that many years ago. Before the jet plane, people didn't fly very much. They had not even a third of the airplanes that we have flying now. Most people did ocean liners. They went to Europe by by boat and came back. And you were quarantined if you were sick. There was a control over who came into our country and what germs they have. Now we have diphtheria, tuberculosis, all these diseases that we got rid of years ago. And now we got they are being brought in. They are being brought in by foreigners who come to visit our country or come to stay in our country. We need to have some kind of a quarantine again. There has to be some kind of a place where people can be inspected to see if they're sick. And if they're sick, they have to go somewhere and get help and not spread their germs. And now with this new thing, the Chinese, what is it called? The corona? I don't
3: even know. The corona flu The corona
2: flu is killing people. Um, that, they said, is because rats were fed to... Um, I I think it was lambs or chickens or something. And the rats had the disease and the disease went into the lamb or whatever. And the people that ate in a certain restaurant in China became ill and they're spreading it. So I think we have a very, very major crisis here about germs and what's going on. We need to have better health. Healthcare in this country stinks. We need to get the uh, healthcare people to clean it up. People on the streets that are urinating and defecating on the sidewalks are causing germs, causing disease. This is unhealthy. We are living in sewers now. That's what the streets have become in L.A., sewers, because of the homeless. I feel bad for everybody, but I also feel bad for myself and my children and Jimmy, that we have to live among all this garbage Dirt
3: we actually have it the best prep. in palm springs
2: well it's good in palm springs but you know we were at uh, jimmy wanted to go to uh, wendy's and we went to wendy's and two homeless people were eating in wendy's yes i think it's nice that they ate in wendy's but no if they have lice i don't want lice on the chair and then i sit there and i get the lice this is my point they're not clean they don't shower they smell they're dirty And they're sitting next to me, and I want to throw up. And we need to
3: do something about it. So you
2: know what, folks? I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of kissing ass, of feeling sorry for people. I'm starting to feel sorry for me because I don't know America to be this way. Years ago, it was different. If you were a homeless person, you were brought to a foundation or some sort of a facility where you were given drugs and taken care of. Today, homelessness has become a joke. It's become another way of living. You should see it in L.A., you guys. You really have no idea. If you saw L.A. tents all over the streets, I mean, it's gotten to be out of hand. It's totally ridiculous. It's offensive to us. We taxpayers that pay money to live in these cities. I mean, garbage men don't even come around with a street cleaning machine anymore to pick up the crap in the gutter. Anyway, that's why we're all sick, because we live in a filthy environment of germs that God knows where they came from.
3: So hold on, let's say hi to everybody. No, I'm not saying hi to anybody.
2: I'm feeling sorry for me.
3: Don't feel sorry. You look beautiful, by the way. In the chat room, they say, for someone who's sick, you look so amazing.
2: Yeah, well, if you had as much makeup on as I had, you'd look gorgeous. (laughs) So I told Jimmy, do I look like a corpse?
3: I put. Let's say hi, though.
2: Come on, hold on. No, I'm not saying hi to anybody. Okay, well, I'm
3: going to say hi. So we want to give a shout-out, first of all, to the fabulous Danielle, which we have not heard her voice yet. She's at the W4CY studios in Wellington. Hello, Danielle. hello, hello. Hello. There you go. Then we got the super terrific Scotty J in Philadelphia. What's up, Scotty J? Yo, guys. There you go. Stefan Bell is in. Uh, he's on the phone. He said he's there. So what's up, Stefan? We got a chat room full of people. Dave Hughes from Stars Now UK. Eileen Shapiro. Hello, Eileen. Teresa Sabin. Cindy Ladylake. Hello, hello. Um, it's going fast and I can't see everybody that's in there. Uh, Dave Hughes, Teresa. Anyway, you guys, we're going to have a fun show for you today. Uh, we had a, an interesting weekend. We went to a cool Oscar party. I mean, not Oscar. Oscars is coming up. We went to a cool pre-Grammy party Friday night. Ron worked the red carpet and uh, interviewed some of the cool people. And probably the coolest one that we got to like meet is someone who's been a friend of mine for 15 years. And uh, her name is Tracy Young. She's the DJ who married Madonna and I actually did a music video with her and Joya Bruno for Exposé back in the day. And so we, we uh, talked to her. Ron got to meet her and interview her. And then Sunday night she won a Grammy for Best Producer, Best Remix of a Madonna Song. First female ever in the history of the Grammys to win
2: that. And what's not wonderful is she's gay and she's gay family. And I'm happy and proud to announce that she's family.
3: That's right. So that was a really cool thing. We also met like some cool actors from Game of Thrones. I don't know. We met a lot of cool people. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Ron was like actually like running around interviewing the bigger people that were on the red carpet that showed up. Yes. He, he looked gorgeous.
2: They were spreading germs, I bet. They were spitting all over my face when they were talking to me, hitting me with flu <laughs> germs. Really, I think I'm going to wear a mask from now on like all the Chinese people do. There. Except I was told by a doctor... Those masks are only good for about 15 minutes. After 15 minutes, they no longer function. Why, I don't know. Yeah, you have
3: to change them every 15 minutes.
2: Yeah, well, that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're not going to walk around with a box of uh, masks now. But seriously, (laughs) when you're in our business and you're out there with all the people, touching, holding, hugging, and that kissing crap has got to go. Everybody kissing me on the lips like I was their mother. No way. Get out of there. No more kissing, handshaking now. From a distance, because kissing and you're spreading viruses and germs.
3: That's true. That's how
2: I got sick. I either and I'm I didn't I don't know if I caught it from Jimmy because he was sick, but I had nothing to do with Jimmy. I stayed away from him. I I made him like, you know, go to the other side of the bed. And,
3: yeah, we didn't. We haven't like been near each other. But I'm still sick. I've still got the bronchitis. Yeah,
2: so enough about sick.
3: Yeah, we don't want to talk about... Steak.
2: Anyway, that event was okay. The music was so goddamn loud.
3: It was terrible, though. Why do people. these
2: young people think that up, upping the amp and blowing out the speakers is what we want to hear? You know, there's such a thing as obnoxious and that music at that affair was obnoxious. Every one of them were obnoxious. They were saying, hear me, screw you, don't talk among yourselves, I'm gonna make it so that you're gonna hear me whether you like it or not. And I didn't like it. And I made a comment about it to the superior people and they agreed, the uppers of of that affair said the same thing. No one could speak. L- could-
3: Luckily, they came in and out, so they did it for 15 minutes, and then they stopped, and then they did yeah, it. Yeah, but when they stopped.
2: stopped, they played Frank Sinatra. They played normal music that was delicious and nice, and we were able to chat. But then they came back on screaming. Why must they scream? Do they call that singing today? Screaming like they're being raped. Ugh, I Which hate to funny. be like an old bag. You know, old people used to talk this way years ago about jazz and about uh, <clears throat> rock and roll. And I think I'm think of becoming one of them. Except rock and roll was good; it was nice. You can understand it, you can hear it, you could sing to it and dance to it. But this crap of today, you can't hear the lyrics. All you hear is a. Ah, ah, ah.
3: That's just in the rock, though. And they all have that same gutter voice, like they ah, like they're choking
2: on a pubic hair.
3: That's hilarious. So we also, how many people, how many people actually watched the Grammys? We didn't watch it. I watched a few minutes of it. <clears throat> Uh, some of the people that won, I like. Some of the people that won, I didn't like. Um, I talked with uh, uh, C.C. Hendricks about it, our guest from two weeks ago. And uh, we were talking about different people. We're going to have her come back on in, in another like month or so because she was so much fun. And, and I want to thank everybody who's been listening to us on iHeartRadio because we were the top 100 podcasts on iHeartRadio again. So that's five times out of the last like 10 that we've been in the top 100 podcasts out of 750,000 podcasts in the world, so thank you so much. Um, also, Billy Hess just joined us in the chat room. What's up, Billy Hess, and so did Bruce Glasgow in, uh, from Texas. Billy, uh, what's hi,
2: up? Hi, Billy. How do you feel, honey? Is your back okay? Did you go to another spa to fix your back, baby? Because Billy has a bad back. God only knows why. So he goes to spas and gets a lot of massages.
3: There you go.
2: mm Right, Billy?
3: Eileen said she didn't watch it. She didn't watch the Grammys. She's on a plane. A lot of people didn't actually watch it. You didn't miss anything, Eileen. Uh, But Lady Lake said she liked Demi Lovato, and I agree. That was probably the best part of the whole night was Demi Lovato.
2: I I looked at two minutes of it, and I said to Jimmy, I haven't a clue. Any of these people are not a one. Uh, Of course, because when they were born, I was already 50, you know, so come on. Anyway, not for me. There's just certain things that people my age just don't do. Um, and that's like get involved with the young people today.
3: But you're involved with them all the time. You're making movies with
2: um, yeah, them. My young people are different young people. They're not Grammy people. Eileen is with the Grammy people. She'll tell you everyone's name and every group and every piece of music they've ever made. And she's no chicken either. What is she, 50, 52, 52? <laughs> Whatever. So she studied music because she loves Adamant. She goes all over the world traveling to be with Adamant because she's adoring him. She loves him to death. Why? I don't know. He's a skinny, ugly little thing. But anyway, <laughs> you know, she, she sells each his own to each his own.
3: <clears throat> so who, who is the, who's the little one that you would, if you were going to like travel around following somebody, who would you travel around and follow? Yeah, no, I know you wouldn't, but I, if you I, 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 so this is totally I, yeah. hypothetical because you would never do it. Anyway. Well,
2: if I had to follow someone because it was a law, I would follow Johnny Mantis because I adore the man. I've met the man three or four or five times and I love him. He's kind. He's gentle. He's sweet. His music is beautiful. His voice is still gorgeous at 82 or 83 years old. And Johnny Mantis is a, a nice guy. You know, he's okay.
3: Billy, yeah, I like Johnny Mathis. So Billy Hess says that he and Mark are coming out to see us for the Oscar I party. I
2: know, I can't wait to see Mark. You, Billy, I've seen enough of already with the bad back, with the spa and the whole thing. My God! But Mark is a nice young man who's healthy and strong. He doesn't have a bad bar, back, and he doesn't need to go to spas.
3: There you go. So uh, just uh, Lady Lake says she'd follow Stevie Nicks. was Lady Lake's like Stevie Nicks? Oh, my daughter
2: Leslie. We was just saw her there. Stevie Nicks. I love Stevie Nicks. She's a favorite of mine. I would love to interview Stevie. I almost came to have her on my show years ago on Set the Record Straight. Interesting story. Uh, She wasn't with uh, Fleetwood Mac at the time. I think she was separated or whatever, going on her own, and she wanted some publicity for her own singles. And I don't know what happened, but then she went back with Fleetwood Mac, and uh, they didn't want to do it. So there was a whole bunch of bullshit with them. But, yeah, I like Stevie.
3: Absolutely. Um, also, oh, they said you blew her cover. But no, Eileen, he didn't
2: blow Eileen's cover. How did I blow your cover? I'm not sure.
3: I like to follow Dorothy somebody. What, it's,
2: it's, it's a secret that you love Adam Ant? I mean, come on. It's all over the place.
3: <laughs> I mean, and actually, one of our guests coming on today has done something with Adam Ant.
2: Yeah, probably his eye makeup. <laughs> Using the eye makeup Adamant wears? There's only one other person that looks like Adamant, my friend, Danae Montague King. He could be Adamant's sister or brother. They look alike, and they wear the same amount of makeup. And when they do photographs, they they, they clean the photographs up so much they look 12. Just a picture of Denae on Facebook. Oh, he's got it. nerve. I mean, this guy is 74 years old. He used the, the Photoshop I mean, he took away every feature. All he's got is nostrils and eyeballs and looks 10. I can't believe it. Now when you see him in person, you say, that's not the same person. Anyway, who are you fooling, folks? Show it like it is. Be honest. Come on. Nothing wrong with looking old and broken down. Look at me.
3: You're not old and broken down. Yeah, right. Bullshit, old.
2: bullshit, bullshit.
3: You look fabulous. Everybody yeah, in the town says how fabulous A 100 years
2: old. old. That's like, you know, Kay Ballard said to me when I was interviewing her. She said, yeah, like when you're young, they all say you look beautiful. Then when then when you're middle-aged, they say you look good. And then when you're old, they say, oh, you look great for your age. That's funny. Uh,
3: that's actually true, though. Yeah, it is they true. They do say that. Do I say look that. great
2: for my age. If I were 40, they'd say I'm an ugly old fucking wrinkled bitch. But because I'm 137, they say, oh, you look good for your age. It's so
3: funny, too, because I talked to J.J. Catrone today. He showed up out of nowhere. Unfortunately, which we want to.
2: JJ, know. what is going um, on with JJ? Unfortunately,
3: JJ's older daughter was killed in, by no. was killed by a drunk driver th- a month ago, and so oh, no. they're going to put together like a benefit concert for her. And you know, they oh, he wants us no. to go to Tennessee and like ho- ho- and MC the thing.
2: Oh my God! Um, so
3: we will send prayers oh, to JJ Catron and JJ, his family. JJ,
2: I'm so sorry. Oh, I really am. Oh my God! How old was she? Twenty. She was twenty. Oh, um, JJ. Oh baby, what can I say?
3: They say uh, your shirt matches your mug and that you look better than most men at 40.
2: Oh, fuck everybody. I'm not interested right now. JJ's daughter was killed in a car crash. You guys remember JJ Catron? We've had him on the show in I numerous I love JJ. He's a
3: great musician. He's retired, but he's coming out of retirement for a benefit concert. He
2: promised me his full-length fox coat, the fuck, and he never gave it to me. But <laughs> I, I'm in California, and I don't need it. But JJ Catron, he's just one of the nicest guys in the world. Why is this... this that we have to have such tragedy when people are so good. And he's a religious man. And, yeah, t- and he just got guy. over an illness of cancer himself, fighting it. Why do some people get so much bad and some people get so much good? I don't know. It seems like always the good ones
3: are the ones getting the bad, which we want to
2: welcome to. Uh- I read an article on, on Facebook today about Liza Minnelli's mansion in Beverly Hills that she grew up in with Judy Garland and Vincent Minnelli, her father. and, as the years went on, Minnelli died, the father, and he said that his then wife, who was no longer Judy Garland, should live in the house until she dies. Well, Liza Minelli went and sold the house, and the poor brought her nowhere to live. That's terrible. Well, that's Liza Minnelli. She's not the nicest person on the block. We all know that. Um, so, you know, people like that, I don't understand.
3: I don't either. So we want to welcome Backpack John. we got to call our guests. So so Scotty J, how about we got to call Harley and Jan. I don't care who you call first. Let's just get them on the line as you can, and Ron and I will keep talking until we get them there. JJ, uh, we need both of them? Yeah, we need both of them. JJ,
2: right. if you're listening in, baby, I am so upset I can't breathe. I'm telling you the truth. This is the saddest news, JJ. You've had a shitload of bad luck in the last couple of 20 years or whatever. I just wish and pray everything gets better for you. Absolutely. I am so upset about this. Are we, going? In good
3: spirits though, are we going, going to, to Tennessee? Um, we, we may go from post the benefit, yeah.
2: I would go. If we have the, the ability to go, we will go and do it. Host the benefit, definitely. Yeah, it should be fun. I can't believe this crap. Look at Harley.
3: Hey, hey, hey up how's it going? what's up, Harley? How you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you? Good! Wow, look don't at you ask. with a beard!
2: You oh look yeah, lit. that's the
1: that's the thing right now, I guess. I don't
2: know. No, you look good, and I'm sure your wife loves it. You look so butch! <laughs> no, my brother-in-law had a big, thick mustache like you've got, and he used to call it his pussy bumper. Oh wow, that's <laughs> not a bad idea. Well, you know, men that grow beards, they like to rub their mustache and beards up and down the crotch of a woman, and the woman goes crazy from it. Uh, so hey, now that's have, why we have so many guys with beards.
1: Now uh, yeah, we go. <laughs> we've got too. But wait a minute. When right.
2: I was when I was going to hairdressing school, there was a fellow that had a beard. And in those days nobody had beards. So we yeah. used to say to him, How come you have a beard? And then he'd grab the hair on the bottom and you go, sniff, sniff, because it reminds you of my girlfriend.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a long one though to do that like. well, he,
2: Yeah, yeah, nobody had a beard back in nineteen sixty. Who had beards and mustaches? No one. Only like cavemen or people that lived in hermits, weirdos. Now all the cool people do. Look at you, <laughs> Jan. Jan is here. And Harley, what a nice duo. Genius, so on, genius and talent all over the place. Look yep. at the two of them. There we go. So, all right,
3: everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented superstars in entertainment. We've got Harley Wallen and Jan Birch. Hello and welcome to the show hey how's it going
2: good hey, you're, nice you're, to be here yeah you look you're standing and you're sitting in front of a sphere that makes you look like a madonna halo. with the halo around your head <laughs>
1: yeah
2: <laughs> and, and i know that when you work you play the furthest thing from a saint
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you know i gotta do whatever i can do here see <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> he's trying to look y-
2: good in his yang <laughs> <laughs> right 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 and holly what genius have you g- done lately What's coming out that we got to love. see that we
3: next week to his premiere. That's why they're on.
2: Oh, wait, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm I'm in, I'm very ill right now. I have the most horrible flu in the world. So I'm doped up on. Um, what am I on?
3: He's on all kinds of like
2: shit. M- yeah, shit. <laughs> so I God knows what's going to come out of my mouth today. Be careful, boys.
3: <laughs> so hold on, you guys. So we've got a chat room full of people. So well, I say hi. How, to the how's, your be- how's
2: your beautiful? How's your beautiful? I'm still talking. To I know. We're gonna go how's your to beautiful him? wife?
1: Oh, she's fantastic.
2: Say hello to her and give her a hug for me. She's the nicest girl in the world. She really yeah. is a sweet. She's shy, but she's a sweetie.
1: Yeah, no, she she actually really enjoyed the show with you guys.
2: Yeah, uh, she's a nice girl. Yeah,
1: you guys set her at ease, and and it sounded like you had a good time.
2: We I'll did, to, and she's a damn good actress. Let me tell yeah. you. I didn't think so when I first met her at the lobby of the, you know, I figured another tomato, you know, beautiful girl, married the producer she got in the movies, like me. You know, I married the producer (laughs) I get in movies. I figured it was the same thing. But no, she really can act. She's a good actress and a very beautiful girl. Hey, everybody,
3: we're talking about Katie Wallen, and we had her on the show recently, and she's in the new film that Harley and and Jan are on promoting. It's called Agamon's Gate. And um, we're gonna talk about that in a minute, but we're talking about Katie Wallen. And in the meantime, uh, Jan also has a beautiful wife. Yes, she's a uh, sweetie pie, she's shy so, little thing too. She's gorgeous. They both uh, have gorgeous wives, you guys. They yes. both have like smoking hot I wives. I think I like his wife.
2: Well, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I won't even say it. But anyway, your wife. <laughs> but I was gonna say what well, she does with that beard, but we won't talk about. <laughs> it. But um. Yeah, yawn, 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 yawn. Same thing. <laughs> yawn, 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 yawn. Yeah. Um, I saw you at the last event. You weren't very friendly. Why?
0: <laughs> 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 I thought I was friendly to you. I'm always friendly I to worry, you. I don't
2: I, know. I went to you know kiss you and stick my tongue in your mouth, and you pulled away. I couldn't imagine
0: why. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, seriously. It was so I not- maybe it was the beard. It was so so nice seeing you and your wife. It's always fun to go to these premieres to see the people that we really like a lot. You know, as much as we have friends in Palm Springs that we're friendly with, I just feel my Hollywood friends are closer and more loving. My movie people. Maybe it's because we all share the same interest, the love of film, the love of acting, performing. Uh, the want to be directed by terrific directors and not always so, except with this man, if we're directed by this man, we're happy. That's you with the beard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, thank you. I mean, I, I really, I really fell in love with, with this directing gig. And I think, you know, I was telling uh, Jan the other day when we were talking, the the directing came secondary to my acting and I never, ever thought I was going to love it the way I do Uh, and, and now it's just, it's in me and I just, I can't shake it. I love it. And it's my fix now.
2: Yeah. But you were born, it was born in you. You have it.
1: Yeah.
2: And I mean, some directors want to be directors and they can't even direct traffic, but you, (laughs) you you know, you, I see in you, I don't know how you direct. I've never worked with you, but I see your work. And I could tell a good director, I always tell Jimmy, when we go to films, I say the director sucks. Look what he's doing to this actor. He's put blindfolders on the actor, or he's got the actor not doing what the actor could do best. And I get angry, I get really furious. I like a director that would say to me, Ron, give me all you've got, because I have a lot to give. And if you hold me back, you're going to get a half a performance. And what's worse than a half a performance?
1: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think the trick with directing is, is most of the time you want to get out of your own way. You want to trust that you cast the proper cast and that they know their parts and they know what they're doing. And, and 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 if they have a soft take or two takes, let them be. They know you don't have to get on people. They know. And every now and then they may, you know, uh, step off and 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 not have uh, not have it and you have to guide them back in. But it should always be gently, and, 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 and the big picture of it should be uh, very obvious.
2: Well, what I like to tell a director when I'm working is, I'm old school, I'm around for 58 years doing film. I investigate my character. I find out who my character is. I make my character almost human. My character mm. lives in this house with this furniture. He does this. He's married to this woman. He's got these children. I actually create that person. Yeah. And I tell this to the director, Do you like who I've invented, who I've created? And then they'll say to me, Well, maybe he shouldn't be so sweet. He shouldn't be maybe he should be a little meaner. And mm. then we both together cultivate the character. Yeah. It's called character development. Yep. That is something they don't do today in acting. They read lines, and I think that sucks. Yeah. Reading lines anybody could do, that's not an actor. You no, must exactly. become the character. What do you think yep. about that, my bearded love?
0: Which which beard? Which beard? I'm which loving? beard? My beard? Yeah, uh, you, I, I can tell you a, a little Jan, bit about- I'm
2: talking about Jan.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna tell you a little about our, our uh, working relationship, me and, uh, and Harley. Uh, uh, I I really like the way he approaches, and and I agree with you on all your points. As uh, that he is that kind of director. Actually, he actually come. You know, obviously I come in as prepared as I want, but we also before I come on set, me and Holly have had several conversations. Uh, from the first time I read the script, he wants to get my notes. He wants to see what I feel about the character. Uh, we discuss the character. Sometimes we have exactly the same idea. Sometimes he, you know, he sees it a little different way. So then I know very early that to, to, to not push that particular part of the character uh, as much as the, the part that he, he sees more. Uh, but all within the parameters of my own creative uh, uh, inspiration, uh, he lets you basically shape and mold it uh, uh, to, to some extent. For example, on Eternal Code, I had an idea of one specific scene and I said to Harley, uh, I think this is gonna be quite emotional. And he said, well, let's try it. I don't see it that way right now, but mm. let's try it. So we, we tried a couple of takes the way he saw it, and we tried a couple of takes, a little more emotional. And I think the final cut, we ended up somewhere in the middle. Yeah. There you go. Uh, uh, it's nice which, to be able to talk to him, though. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. he's a very good actor's director, in my opinion. And I work with a few. I mean, I work with a lot of directors, but I work with a few that are very dear to my heart. That really takes consideration of who you are as a person, uh, besides only your character. Uh, I mean, I can mention, like, Wes Craven, Chuck Russell, uh, uh, Mark Pellington. I mean, they big, all big. They, they all go from your heart. And see who are you, and how can you bring yourself into this character the way I see the character? I think that's a, that's a, 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 pl- a major uh, a personality trait that Holly does have as a director, which I,
2: well, I you know, truly appreciate. Not not to blow smoke up or make a bullshit statement, Holly's films to me show something that no other films show. There's a quality of professionalism in the film. If the budget were 45 50 100, 200 million dollars, the film would be far better than what it is. But for the budgets that you guys work with and the quality of work that Harley delivers, I would say that Harley is probably now the number one director in yeah. his field. Of the, of I, I think you audience. are Harley. I really mean it. there's a quality in your films that nobody else has. It, you. It's you. you bring it to light. I know your wife, who's a good actress, who I saw in two films already. Uh, we talked about you, and she said the same thing that Jan just said. You've got to work. It's a team. Yeah. Nobody oh, on yeah. set is a star. We are a team. Yeah. The director is equal to the littlest actor. The extra is just as important as the director. Amen. Because without the extra, you don't have what you need. So we all have to work as a team in, in, in sync. We don't have any uh, high and mighty superior directors that think who the fuck they are. And they say, I want it my way. That's how it was. It's, that's how it's yeah, written. Yeah, no, well, then do yeah. it yourself. You know? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I absolutely agree. I think the key thing when it comes to, to understanding directing is uh, think about a puzzle. Uh, you know, the, the, you're laying a puzzle and 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 that means that you, ha- you have to have all the pieces and, and the director's just one piece. There's no bigger or smaller piece than anybody else. But the director controls that red herring that goes through the script that has to be <clears throat> adhered to so that the story stays uh, solid and remains. And it's, it's, when you listen to the greats, when you listen to Scorsese and, and all these people... They understand all this. They understand that casting is done that way. Uh, you know, when Tarantino says 90% of directing is uh, is is casting, all these things you should you should listen and and try to not reinvent the wheel, learn from the greats, and then exactly. add whatever it is that you personally bring that maybe is different from anybody else.
2: When I was 19, I was in a film with Sophia Loren and Tab Hunter called oh, That Kind of Sophia Woman. Lauren. Yeah, wow. and I was, i would, we were all directed by Sidney Lomet. And I watched Sydney work with Sophia and Tab, you know, in other scenes. And yeah. the way he directed Sophia was difficult because Sophia was very uncomfortable working with Tab Hunter. She mm. felt she needed an older man that Tab Hunter, as the romantic interest, was too young. Yeah. So she okay. was self-conf- self-conscious of her being so womanly with Tab. And yeah. Sydney Sid- just said to her, just remember, think like a teenager, he said. You're a little young girl. Picture yourself back in Italy in Paluzzo where you came from, and this is a mm-hmm. big movie star. And she did, and they got the yeah. shot. Yeah. Now, I just worked with Judith Chapman. You know Judith Chapman, the soap opera queen? Yeah, I know. The, yeah. that Judith Chapman has been around for 100 years in every soap yeah. opera. And she directed me. Let me tell you, boy, what a thrill it was to be directed by a director who worked old school. She kept saying to me, Ron, I want this. I want that. I like this. Let's lose that. How about you keep this? We got it in three shots. Perfect in three shots because we talked it over before the shot. Today, there's no time. We only have 10 days to shoot. Everybody yeah. places, let's go, region lines, let's go, okay, next, who, who, and then who the fuck is doing what to who? I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. It's too fast. It's a, you you got to develop and work a character. That's why yeah. Jan is a good actor, because Jan is what you call an introverted actor. He's yeah. not an extroverted actor. When Jan works, he works inly, inwardly, and you feel what he projects, Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, I'm an outward actor. When I work, it's I throw it out at you. You get a vomit from it or love it, one of the two. But Jan keeps, <laughs> Jan keep, no, Jan keeps it in, and he sort of projects it. Same thing with Sadie Katz, who I love and adore. I've worked with Sadie Katz. Sadie mm-hmm. Katz, she knows how to contain it, and slowly she just lets it go out. Mm-hmm. I think there's some fabulous talent out there. Of course, my Lorene Landon is a... Which a we're ch- going to talk about her because she's wait in this minute. film. Yeah. I, I saw her in Churchill's film. She washed her face completely, not a drop of makeup. She played this disgusting, horrific, white, trash, loudmouth, drugged up bitch of a wife. Now, those of you that know Lorene know she's the sweetest, quietest, <laughs> most gentle dove when I saw her on film, I said, wow, where the hell did she pull that out of her ass? I sweetheart. mean, look at, look at her. She's a wicked, horrible woman. She's an actress. That's an yes. actor. So hold
3: Absolutely. on. I want to go. First of all, first of all, I want to go to Jan for a minute because I feel bad. Jan, and, and this, is the last, this is the last time I'm ever going like, to ask you this. What is your wife's name? Is it Victoria? Yes, it
2: is. <laughs> it's Victoria.
3: Okay. We yes. always talk about... Why did you how,
2: ask me? I knew it.
3: Uh, oh, I don't know. Well, you said Jan's wife, Jan's wife. You didn't say Victoria, so I thought maybe you didn't. Well, <laughs> oh. that, that's, I, I don't know her that well to be that... Maybe there's more than one. So hold on. So Wait, first,
2: I don't know her that well to be that familiar. Uh, so
3: I want to say hello to Victoria because we talk about her all the time, and we always refer to her as Jan's wife, which is incredibly rude. Victoria, we no, love you. Not. No, it's not. She's incredibly
1: talented.
3: Yes, um sh- she's fabulous and we love her to death so number 1 I want to say hi to that number 2 then so we've got this new film uh it's Agramon's Gate it's having a premiere next Friday is it next Friday yep yes next Friday at the Lumiere Music Hall in Beverly Hills the name of the film is called Agramon's Gate it's a horror mystery thriller um it's also coming on demand February 11th it stars Jan Birch Harley Wallen, Katie Wallen, uh, Lorene Landon. And I always mention Calhoun Koenig because she's in all your films. And every film that she's in, she gets better and better and better. Like yeah. you're turning her into like a superstar.
1: Yeah, she um, did fantastic. Uh, she had a really nice guest star appearance on Law and Order uh, that uh, anybody who have not seen that should look up that episode. She did really, really well. Uh, and, and then she's definitely on her way. Uh, she was just on a list of. Uh, uh, top 40 Asian actors to look for uh, on IMDb. And she was one of them and, and uh, absolutely deserves that. She uh, she works her craft. She's very diligent about her her studies. And, and uh, I think, you know, when you put the work into it, the results will show. And that's how it is for, for all these people. When you really dig into your character and like, uh, like you said, Ron, when you become, uh, you just can't take your eyes off of that when that's on screen. It's impossible.
2: So here's what everybody needs to do. And research your character. Every actor out there, go and research your character. And please, if you're going to use a Brooklyn accent, learn it. Do not do those horrible Brooklyn accents. I'm from Brooklyn. My accent's natural. They hire me always to play a gangster from Brooklyn because I can do it well. So on one set, on a movie, I won't mention, the guy there said, I don't have a Brooklyn accent. I said, no, but you're supposed to be a gangster. Let me teach you how to talk like a gangster. Well, I was going to kill myself because it came out like Shakespeare. <laughs> you know, like over there, over, over, over there, you can get the gun and you can rob the bank. You know what I'm talking about? And he would say, over there, you get the gun and I know what you're talking about. I said, no, that's, <laughs> that's fucking Shakespeare.
3: So hold on, I want to go back though. So okay, so you guys, the film is Agamemnon's Gate. If you go to YouTube, you guys, and plug it in, or just Google Agamemnon's Gate, it comes up because there's write-ups for it everywhere. It's winning all kinds of awards. That's oh, crazy. In the film, you have to watch the trailer, you guys. Go to YouTube. It's A G R A M O N S G A T. Better still,
2: buy the film. Screw it's the. Not trailer. out yet. It's not out yet. <laughs> when it comes out.
3: I know, but everybody needs to see the trailer because first of all, you need to see Harley first of all because Harley doesn't look oh, like it. this Harley. Harley does it's not look like look. this Harley. <laughs> He's got scars all over his face and a big blind eye. And Jan, I guess Jan is Agamemnon. Are you Agamemnon? Um,
0: not not to the same extent, to the same energy of of, of a demon. But okay, but, so, but 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 right, Calhoun is, is actually facing Agamon. I'm you know I, I'm basically Agamon going into a a dead father's body, more or less.
2: I have and no idea. Wait, I have no idea who Agamon is. Tell our audience. They're as stupid as I am, maybe. It's Who's a, Agamon?
1: It's the demon of fear. So essentially what happens is the demon shows up and then it spooks you and scares you and it gets stronger until it can manifest and then it can physically do you harm. Uh, so that's how it works. So Agamon is the demon of fear and, uh, and that's kind of how it operates by strengthening off of those fears.
2: So Agamon opens his gate, obviously. No, they, they, okay, here's this thing. How, they what open is the gate? gate. They
3: open up Agrimon's Gate, you guys. And in it, you guys got to see Lorene in the trailer. She doesn't have makeup on oh in this so one good. either. And she, she is, is so fabulous. good.
2: I love and adore her personally. <laughs> She's one of my dearest and closest friends in the world. I, I'm crazy about her. Um, and you have to see Jan, you guys, in the trailer because
3: Jan is yeah. like a demon with the red eyes and like, oh, like he looks. <laughs> it's so funny to me because you always get cast to play like the really scary. Like creepy people and in real life you're like a like a supermodel kinda like guy that should well, like so far from all these roles <laughs> hey, that you get cast. Jimmy.
2: As Alfred Hitchcock said, it's called acting. I
3: know it's called <laughs> acting, but like, I, I, read, I Googled Jan Birch today, and he basically, like, all this stuff comes up about how, like, he got cast in all these things because of his charming good looks and everything. And now he's like the charming good look guy, killing, going around killing, and mauling, <laughs> well, and maiming he, everybody. He, <laughs> he,
2: he's, got, he's got that exotic European way about him with a little bit of an accent and the look. His face looks very uh, Swedish or Norwegian. And then with the beard, it it, it works so well that he's piercing. When you have piercing features, you could frighten people. You know, Betty Davis used to say that about Captain Hepburn. She used to say, because uh, I knew Betty well, she'd say Captain Hepburn had the features that everybody would see. She said, when I was on camera, all they saw in my eyes, because she had no features, she used to say, I look like I got hit in the face with a frying pan. <laughs> and I said, I said, Betty, not really. You were very beautiful. And she'd say, Of course I was, darling. Of course I was. <laughs> well, that's,
0: I've been very fortunate with uh, with uh, with the look and 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 the, the the fact that these movies really work. I think. I mean, I like to do them a lot too. We all have a dark side, obviously. Uh, I mean, I do anyway. It's uh, an outlet. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, the first feature film I ever did in the U.S. I went to see Roger Corman, and I went up to his uh, office, his old office in Concord here, in in, in Brentwood. And and uh, what he did, he had this woman take a picture close up on my face, and they blocked everything out except my eyes. And then and then he called everybody in, and they just looked on. There was a huge screen with just my eyes on it, and he said, "I think we got the guy."
2: They got it. <laughs> I, love that. I, I I wish I could play something evil. I'm I'm making, I think what I got, I got four or five movies coming up this year, okay? And every one of them I'm playing a mob boss. Now you're playing a policeman. I'm playing a cop. Oh, big deal. <laughs> That's the same thing as a mob <laughs> boss. You know, what difference? I wanna play something horrible. I wanna be like a vampire or something. I've never ever played that in my life. I played a minister. I what well, a priest all the time. Hang on though, because that's called.
3: So Harley, you do, and you do a whole bunch of different kinds of things. Because you've got comedies, you've got Bennett's yeah. song, and you've got the new Bennett song. But a lot of your action movies, you seem to play like a Russian. I don't know if it's Russian. like a Russian mobster kind of person in a lot of your films. Yeah, you he, know, and you write those roles, so you write that for yourself. He's
2: another one that gets cast as Russian. But mafia. he
3: cast himself that way. Yeah,
2: but he's good at it. When I saw him <laughs> well, with the one with the slaves. What was that? Uh, yeah, betrayed. Betrayed. You were great.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that one. Uh, that one to me. We did an awful lot of research. I I, I remember I sat in a, in my church and they were talking about how prevalent trafficking is, and I was like, oh, I thought trafficking was over there kind of thing, and uh, and when you realize that it's right here and right around us in our backyards, uh, you know this the school the school that your kids go to. Had somebody taken from there, whatever the mall that you go to had somebody grab there. I think it's it's something that that just jumped on me that I I have to show and put this in our backyard because people need to realize how close this stuff is. And and I and I don't know how to make a documentary well, so I figure I'll scare the bejesus out of people and make a, <laughs> a film about it. But uh, I mean, these things that pop into my head are generally things that actually affect me. To begin with,
2: yeah. Well, your film was well uh, well received. Yeah. As as a film about uh, kidnapping and and stealing children and locking them in cages and brutality of what goes on. So yeah. that was that was a message better better than a documentary.
3: Hang on, go back though, because like because you you you're writing these films and then you're playing a lot of the the, the that. That's a recurring character that you see because you're really good at it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you do that on purpose where you're like writing that role? To, are you trying to build a, a name for that character? Or that's just once because you're in so many things. It doesn't matter because you make like 50 films in a year. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no, I, actually, I've only played. A, I've only written one role where I play a Russian, and that was in Betrayed. Uh, and, and, and I and I did absolutely enjoyed that. Uh, somebody cast me as, uh, as a Russian mob boss. In a film that never got completed, and that's kind of where I had that still in me. I wanted, I wanted to see what that could have been. So that's how he came about, uh, Mikhail, at the time. Uh, but but uh, uh, you know, normally, for instance, with Eternal. Well, let's talk about Agar Gate since that's kind of the the topic of the hour. Uh, the role that I play was originally supposed to have been Billy Worth. Billy was filming. He was doing the TV show with Forrest Whitaker. We couldn't figure out the schedules. And that ended up being the role that I said, you know what, I can shoulder that. Uh, and I had to kind of reconfigure who Zeb was from scratch because I've gone now for like six months imagining Zeb as Billy. And and I'm not Billy. I can't do Billy. So I had to completely change that character up and, and, and kind of just reconfigure him. Uh, so that's where the original outlet came and I, I, I made up this character in the last three, four weeks. I wasn't even sure about the look and feel of this character uh, up until two weeks before we started shooting. Oh,
3: wow. Okay. Boy, you sound went off. Uh, I think
2: we lost him. I know, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, you listen, you got to hear this now. This is going to sound weird. Remember Clown Motel that we all thought was a bomb and a terrible film? <laughs> And everybody walked out of the premiere saying, oh, my God, what a piece of shit. Well, all over the world, it's making the most money. It's been it's won many, many awards. And my mm-hmm. friend Joseph Kelly, who did it, is doing another one called Clown Motel, Two. And I'm so happy they invited me in to play an admiral. So that's a change of pace for me. But I will research that character and find a depth to it. People mm-hmm. think I'm not doing that, but I will make that admiral real. So mm-hmm. not me. I don't want to be me. I want them to look at it not see Ron. I want mm-hmm. them to see the Admiral. That's the thing I'm pushing the most for all of you actors out there. You girls with the big tits and the great asses, that doesn't go too far. That's good for like get laid films. But if you want to really work in an honest film,
3: A good film like a Harley film. Yeah,
2: don't show your ass and your tits too much. Show people who you are as an actor because tits and ass doesn't go very far and everybody's got them nowadays. You could buy them. So don't be so proud of them.
1: Well, we're just getting started on a TV series called Tale of Tales. Uh, So anybody, if if you are an actress and you do have the the, the TNA, um, feel free to submit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I, fi-
3: I find very uh, interesting with the two of you now I think that Agamon's Gate is your third film together right because you did Betrayed just, just yes Betrayed
0: Eternal Code and uh, and Agamons. yes okay and
3: now so and now you've got this one so it's got your third one um uh, the the premiere it's not open right to the public it's just it's for for people that you invite right.
1: Yeah, it's an yes. invite only, uh, and, and I just found out, I believe Joe was able to upgrade our theater because we, we ran out of space, and I believe he just got us upgraded to the next size and switched us because another, uh, another film uh, didn't quite have the crowd, so, so we have a couple extra seats right now, so if you have a, a good friend or something, let me know, and I, I'm sure I can get a, a friend or two in.
3: There you go. Okay, so everybody, this is movie's gonna be coming out on February eleventh. It's called Agamemnon's Gate. So, how did you guys meet together to to do the very Wait, first can I, film? Can I ask oh, a go I, ahead?
2: I want to ask a question before you go to that stuff. Okay, Harley, Harley, yeah. Why is it none of you guys, and I mean you, Churchill, and and Mark, uh, I mean uh, Marcel, Wa- Marcel Walt, <laughs> all of you who I think are great, great people. I'm not doing a comedy. What has happened to comedy? He Why? does. He does. I haven't ever seen Harley in a comedy. Have you? Uh,
1: Bennett's song, I would say, uh, was a dramedy? Yes.
2: No, I'm talking about a real comedy. Why is it that no one does a comedy anymore? Do you, don't you remember uh, George Hamilton in... Uh, Love at First Bite. Love at First yep. Bite. I thought that was a delightfully stupid film and I enjoyed it. Why don't yeah. one of you guys do a film like that? A high camp horror movie. That's really funny.
1: <laughs> I have—I actually have a, uh, a really funny script. Um, I, I did a short film as an actor uh, uh, that was really, really funny and it had that satire, dark, uh, comedic touch to it. And I actually, I optioned that the script. I told him to write a feature script and optioned it. Uh, When I talk to all my distributors, they say, careful, 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 comedy doesn't travel. Uh, So I'm sitting on the script, but I'm really aiming for next year. I figure I have to build my brand so that I have enough of an audience uh, between U.S. and Canada that that the success can be done here. uh, So that we don't have to worry so much about, you know, uh, if they get our humor in, in Germany or, or, in, or in Mexico, because that's the thing. You look at Eternal Code and, and Betrayed and, and Agramon's Gate, they sell like hotcakes to all kinds of foreign countries. Betrayed is now in 23 countries. Eternal Code is already at like 14 or 15. Agramon's Gate pre-sold to like seven before it was even on the market. Uh, uh, so, so the nice thing about this is we're all scared of the same stuff. The boogeyman is scary no matter where you are.
2: That's true. true. Yeah, but you know, that, that's not true that comedy doesn't travel because a clown motel too was originally supposed to be a horror movie. Now it's called the highest camp movie, hysterically funny comedy, but
3: it didn't start that
2: way. No, but now it is. And Joe Kelly is thrilled with it because he loves the idea that it's high camp funny. It's <laughs> selling like crazy. You can't get it in Walmart anywhere. It's I think this year it's going to sell more videos than anyone has done in the business because people that watch it love it. They go hysterical. They goof on it. They It's just too campy for words. Mm-hmm. And I think we need a little more of that nowadays in the world of—
3: What about just regular comedy? Why does it have to be horror comedy? What kind? Well— Any kind of comedy. Like Bennett's song is a family movie, right? It was a family movie about um, a a guy, a family who has a bunch of children.
2: Let me tell you a quick story. When I was when I was hired to do Circus Road, which is been changed to clown feared min found me in the lobby of one of those premieres it was, it was his premiere yeah a premier min, just, <laughs> min, min found me i betrayed and min said you yeah. are so funny you are a hysterical guy you're up there you're out there you're wild you're wonderful you've got to play our minister who's gay and i said fine it's an easy catch for me well when i went on the set he said no gay no comedy nothing i want you to be straight serious a minister like boring And I said, what the fuck did you hire me for? You could have got anybody to play the minister. There's there's nothing here for me. Mm -hmm. So you see, I don't get it. I don't understand. I think it had a lot to do with Lionsgate. Because if Lionsgate handles your film, they sort of take it over. They don't want this kind of vulgarity. They don't want homosexuality. They don't want anything. So I think Lionsgate is, is a trouble with film. I think they put a cap on films. And Lionsgate should mind their fucking business and just go and do whatever the fuck they do. (laughs) (laughs) And let directors and producers and writers do their thing. You know, Even on Church's film, The Big Friggin' Rat, uh, it was a nightmare on that production because we couldn't curse, we couldn't have fun, we couldn't talk because Lionsgate was there. They don't allow this, they don't allow that. I said, what the fuck am I, in a concentration camp or on a movie set? I, hate it. I hated working on that film with such a passion. You have no idea. It was the biggest mistake of my life. So Lionsgate, now I run from them a little bit. I mean, I know you guys are stuck with them because they're your distributors. No, that's not That He doesn't get distributed through Lionsgate. Yeah,
1: he, actually, I haven't had Lionsgate as a distributor.
2: Good
3: for you. I pay attention to everything you got going, Harley. Good for cause, you. Because like, you, you're, you're like the model that everybody should be actually like paying attention to. Someone who puts out a quality product. Uh, gets his films financed. You get really good casts. You know, Everybody knows the people that are the, the people that are the stars of your and cast. And that's
2: why your films are good, because yeah. Lionsgate's not there telling you what to do.
3: <laughs> so also, too, one thing that I don't know if everybody knows, but did you guys know that Jan, besides doing all these great movies, that Jan used to be a soapy.
2: Go away. <laughs> yeah. Go away. I Another? was Googling
3: Jan, and Jan was a soapy. He was on Santa Barbara, and he was on Young and the Restless. Oh my, did you know? You know everybody from Young did and you the know Restless. Yeah, I was. Every I was one on of there.
2: Close, every one of our close, dear friends, from Judith Chapman to Sean Kanan to Tristan Rogers, down to. And all on uh, Young and the Restless. All, all of them are our best <laughs> friends. Every single soap opera star are our, our very dearest and best friends. And now we have you. I didn't know you were soapy. I
0: didn't know you were soapy either. like how yeah, was I actually I, I I didn't play the normal soap character on Santa Barbara. I was a, a German terrorist that moved into the city to the city. and I was in there for like you know the whole season almost blowing things up and i I was like that. The devil's advocate of, <laughs> of the devil's advocate of the of the nice society that lived there. <laughs> uh, young and the Restless, a little better, actually. Swedish masseurs to have a relationship with one of the female leads. Now, uh, behind her husband's back, really.
2: Who was the star at the Young and Restless then? Was it any of our friends?
0: Uh, you know what? I'm sorry, but I do not even recall what uh, uh, what was uh the, the, the girl I was uh, playing with, she was only like 18 or 20 at that point but she's she's uh she's been in a lot now i can't i can't recall the name right off
2: the bat here but no, uh, those days so
0: cool are a little though. blurry it's so cool that you yeah. were a, yeah those things are a little blurry it was in no, 90s,
2: it was I, the think 90s. Judith, I think judith chapman was around on the young and wrestlers wasn't she Judith chapman yes she's on the young and Restless. she was a, I, I bet she was the star when you were working judith chapman a very good dear, dear close friend yeah of most
0: likely yeah and i uh uh, yeah, I, re- I remember the faces I worked with, I can't tell you. I'm bad with names. I love it. So, okay, so let's go back to what I wanted to ask
3: before. So when you yeah. guys, because you guys have been now in three movies together, which I'm going to promote them all real quick. You guys should get these films. Uh, according to Harley, a lot of these films are in a bunch of countries. Are, are your films in Germany? Because there's somebody in Germany in the chat room who wants to see your films.
1: I don't think we have Germany yet, because I know the ones that we have to send out for dubbing was France and Mexico so far. And I know German is a dubbing country, so I would say no.
3: No. Oh, okay. So anyway, Eternal Code, Betrayed, and now Agamon's Gate—that's coming out on February 11th. There are three films you guys have worked together on. So how did you guys actually like hook up? I guess Harley, you would have had to find Jan because you were—it was your film.
1: Yeah. No, we have a, a mutual friend uh, that that I was talking to, and I said, you know, I, I'm looking to find because, uh, you know, especially in the independent uh, world. You know, you're, you're flipping every, every dime 15 times and you're trying to find, you know, the cast without going directly to an agent yes. so that you can get them excited and get them on your side. So I said, you know, uh, she had a couple of people that she, that she, uh, that she uh, uh, got me in contact with and, and then she goes, oh my God, you know who I have to get you in contact with? I got to get you in contact with Jan. And I'm like, Jan, this kind of rings a bell. And she's like, yeah, Jan Birch. And I'm like, oh wow! And I'm, I'm a big fan of the people under the stairs. And, me too. And, and bless the child. <laughs> uh, huge fan. So for me to see, to, to to get a hold of him, and then there's a trust factor too. Um, Swedish people are, are generally known for being good and, and and generous and open-handed and caring and and uh, and and that integrity piece. Uh, so so I think we we just became friends like right out of the gate. And I, I was saying this, it would be weird for me now, if I have a role that fits Jan, Jan gets the role. There, there's just not, there's no argument. There's no doubt about it. I know he's going to uh, dedicate himself. I know he's going to lay down an amazing performance. I know everything I'm getting with Jan. Uh, to me, we're so close that it's not, it doesn't even enter my head. If there's a role for Jan, Jan gets the role. That's uh, you happens, know, they're it, both Swedish.
2: You know what this reminds me of what you're doing? Years ago, we had Warner Brothers, MGM, they had a system. They had a family of actors. It was their own stable. They had the same actors in all their films. And you seem to be doing that now, and Churchill seems to be doing that also. Having a bevy of actors that you use all the time in all of your films. If they fit. If they fit. Yeah. And that's very good, because it gives these actors a chance to grow, groom, and get better. And make your films better. So I kind of like that idea of a family affair. Like Warner Brothers. If you yeah, know anything yeah. about the old system in America. Yeah, you're like
3: a miniature Warner Brothers. How cool is that? Well, that's, <laughs> that's,
2: thing, right? that, that, that's how it was in the old system years ago, it was a family. <laughs> Oh.
0: yeah no, that's it. Uh, I agree one hundred percent. I mean, i when i when I started working with Harley, actually, before we even worked together, when we, we the first time we met, we uh, I, I, I came in I flew in. I went to the hotel, uh, and then we went out to have dinner to chat, to get to know each other a little bit. And I, and I told him right off the bat, I said, you know, Harley, you know how long I, I waited for, for to work with a director that I feel really close to? And I'm like, we just met. And I'm like, I think you might be the guy. I'm like, I really, let, let's, you know, I, I feel like we might have a very long relationship because I, I hit him up, I hit it off right away with his, with his personality, his character, and, and what he told me about the role. I'm like, this guy knows what he's doing. I'm like, this 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 feels really really good and, and so far so so very good I am I must say I'm very happy what we've done together I'm very happy with the response of, of how I play the characters and his directing and and this Agamemnon's Gate this movie I have to say a couple of things here uh, from the first day I read the script I said to Harley this is something extraordinary. This is gonna. If if they blow this out, if you get the right distributor, this could be the sleeper hit of the year. I mean, this. I said yeah. you got all the elements in there, and and I say th- I said you know we. This is going to be special, and oh, and that, I think that, that, we you actually succeeded with it.
2: Now let's go one step further. Granted, Harley's directing is fabulous. Your acting is wonderful. And you're shooting all of this glory. I didn't film. get
0: fabulous. What's happening?
2: Wait a second. <laughs> no, you're gonna, you're gonna fabulous. Wait a second. This is this is a serious this is a serious note I'm making. Everything has been shot beautifully, and then some son of a bitch starts to edit and he doesn't think your performance is good, so he minimalizes yours, and he chops up Harley, and you turn out a piece of shit for a movie when, in fact, you shot a genius of a film. This is the thing that I'm pissed off about most.
3: But Harley, don't you edit do you edit
1: your own film so you know which... Or no. I, well, I, I don't physically edit, but, but listen, the, 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 there's no such thing as the editor's fault. If you're a director on a film you will start by directing your production team and then you will direct your cast and crew and then you will direct your editor. There's no such thing as a film coming out without passing through the gates of the director. Not true. So if, they, if, Not they true. Cut, uh, if they cut it up bad, I will fix it. There's no way that's going to okay.
2: happen. I just saw and a I've movie. I've
1: taken films from editors, by the way, who didn't do what I wanted done.
2: I, I just saw a film recently. <laughs> I won't name it that made no sense. And I said to Jimmy, this film has been chopped so badly that they've lost the whole meaning in the characters. Now I spoke to one of the actors and one of the actors is very upset because the role that they portrayed was cut out to the point where the, the character made no sense even being in the fucking film. They should have cut the character out completely. And this is something that disturbs me because the performance, of, I can't give you names, but the performance, the, director, of, no. the performance of this actor was so outstanding. This actor should have been throughout the entire film and was Actually, not. I have a
3: question then for you, Harley, because I hear what you're saying as the director. Um, and I know because I've seen a lot of indie films that, that has this, the problem that Ron is talking about. And a lot yes. of time, the, pe- the people who finance the film somehow are getting a final say in, in how it gets edited and the director is not. Is that something that... They should be nipping in the bud. Wait, wait a second. Yeah, also, you, should, hang on,
1: you hang got on, to negotiate I want to get, this to begin with. Ahead of time. First, first of all, a couple of things. I make my film an LLC that I own. Got they it, yes. don't own the film. Yeah, and but that's they okay. Have, wait. On, don't have an this is they movie. don't have any say in the creative part of it. They are investors. If you invest okay. in Volvo you don't get to talk about how the fuck they make a Volvo. Right, you're right. right? Okay. So same thing with my films. Now, some people, unfortunately, to get the money, they have to concede a bunch of things. Uh, I know a film that me and Jan actually went to see a screening of at AFM. Uh, The executive producers ended up at the end of the day taking over the product, sending it to a whole different editor. and And that
2: film, Jan, made no sense.
0: Did that At make all. Sense? None. Same okay. kind of thing.
2: You took, I think you... we're talking about the same film.
0: Well, we can't talk about it. No, <laughs> yeah, we might be talking about the same film. <laughs> I think so. You know what?
2: You know what? Here's what. Here, the director of that film, by the way, is also upset because his directing and his final director's cut was thrown to the wind. Here's what happens: you get some young nothing, untalented piece of ass who ha- who married some old John with tons of dough. And she comes to you and she says, I want to make a movie, but I'm going to produce it. And I want the final cut. Then at the end of the film, she cuts everybody out of the film and makes it her audition. This is what I'm talking about. This kind of shit. I've turned down
1: three of those.
2: Good for for you. Good for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, that happens in independent market, but it also it happens a lot more in the studio system, obviously, because I've been I've been a victim of that in the studio system where where uh, no names mentioned, no titles mentioned. And Holly knows the story, but this is a really, really, really big director. And it was one of the biggest studios. And he called me and and we cried together, basically, because we've been talking about what's my role. And we worked together for two, five months on this movie in Uh Canada and the U.S., and, and he actually, when he, he said, hey, they tested it in the Bible Belt uh, and you look too much like Jesus. Uh, that's all <laughs> I'm going to say on that <laughs> aspect. And they said the studio, uh, you know, they, they just going to chop you up. Somebody that's- in the chat room said you look like Jesus too. <laughs>
2: Especially now with the halo. with the halo behind you. <laughs> you know what? I wait wait,
1: lo- till, you, wait till you see Agremont's Gate. We you can't, can't wait. Like I can't wait. I really
2: can't wait, because I, I really enjoy your films. <clears throat> but I firmly believe politics have no place in film. Film is about fantasy. Film is about fun. Film is not about the president or the, the new president or the old or. Who's a Democrat? Who's a Republican? None and none of that shit should be in the film or at the Academy Awards. Our business, and I'm in this business 58 years, so I can talk. No, no
3: 61. You have to quit
2: saying 58. I mean, it's 61. <laughs> 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 we just looked it up the other day, his first film. It's 61. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm in this business 61 years, and I've watched this business decay and fall apart rebuild, decay, and fall apart. TV came along, it fell apart, then it got better. So I've watched Hollywood uh, ascend and descend. And I'll tell you the reason it does is because it lets trend in. Whatever the trend is, they fall for it. They produce it. Like right now, Asians are in, so they win awards because it's politically correct to be kind to the Asians. A few years ago, it was the blacks. Let's be kind to the blacks and then for a period of time it was the gays hollywood has got to stop this shit with kissing ass of groups of people who are fighting to be equal with everybody else hollywood is not the place for it hollywood is only for movies for fantasy for enjoyment and this is what has ruined hollywood periodically over the decades and i have seen it when the hippies were in we did hippies when this one was in we did that one and that's not what it's all about it's not a political it's entertainment it's about entertainment
3: yeah yeah and you are you are entertaining you guys make entertaining
2: films um, well there's no politics only with the thing with the slaves and i agree with those politics because that was helping humanity but um other than that no, I don't care for it. And I think these people that want to be in the business that have no fucking talent stay out of our fucking business. We don't need <laughs> you in our fucking business. Just put, you put a pair of sits in and you had your ass pumped up. Don't think you're going to reach Charlize Theron, okay? You're you're nothing but a sleazy slut with a click cover for a skirt, and you look like trash at all these fucking <laughs> openings. Look at all these to. things, and Ryan they, can't look, even like, they it. look like they look <laughs> like bad. <laughs> no job, boys to me. They don't look like actresses. Actresses were Grace Kelly, Joan Crawford, Betty Davis. All those great actresses, they didn't show tits, ass, and pussy to get where they got. They got talent. They were actors and actresses. So, all of you stupid kids and you guys out there that are 22 years old and hit, hit on me, you ain't going anywhere with me because I'm not interested in you and I have no clout. So, save your dicks for somebody else. <laughs> 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 I, I, and you're going to... It means we
0: know said, that Lionsgate is not owning this show.
2: One guy said to me, I'm not heterosexual, and I'm not bisexual, I'm trisexual. I said, what the hell is trisexual? He said, I'll try anything once. So I said, oh, go, go ask that guy over there. He's into trisexual, too. And I sent him to Churchill. <laughs> Oh,
1: man.
3: Well, uh, quick, everybody. First of all, you guys, uh, Harley and Jan are in social media. You can follow Harley. He's at Harley the Swede. Um, is that what your Instagram is, too, Harley the
1: Swede? No, that one is official Harley Wallen.
3: Official Harley Wallen on Twitter. He's Harley the Swede. Jan is Jan Birch. He's easy to find. Where's Lorraine? Um, no, she's, she's, she may be coming in a little bit. Um, uh, so, so you guys, listen up. You want to watch Agamon's Gate. It's going to come out on demand February wait. 11th. OK, we're going to see it before all of you guys, because we're going to the premiere and, on I, Friday. Know gonna it, and I know
2: I'm going to enjoy it and I'm know i going to like it ahead of time. If I, if I don't, I will tell you the truth. Uh, let's hope.
3: also do a commercial real quick. So you guys, uh, if you want to meet Harley Wallen and Jan Birch in person, um, they're going to be part of our entertainment guests at the Sue Wong uh, Academy Gala. And uh, they're going to be coming along with uh, their beautiful wives that are super talented. Also, um, you guys can go to what's the what's the thing for it? It's uh, I wrote it down. Uh, Sue Wong Academy Gala com. It's an Oscar viewing party. It's on February 9th in LA on Vine Street. Uh, like I said again, you can go to Sue Wong Academy com. Some of the people that are going to be coming along with Jan Birch and Ron and I and Eileen Shapiro and Harley Wallen. We've got. Um, Where are we going? To,
2: huh? Where
3: are we going? Where are we going? We're going to the Su Wong Academy Gala, like I did love the name Susie Wong.
2: I love it. Remember so the movie that Sad- Susie Wong Sadie did.
3: Katz is going to be there. Ian Buchanan from General Hospital and all those different Devonie Penn, Everybody. Tom Churchill, uh, Miles reef two time Emmy DeCicchio. winner. Daniel DeCrisio. We've got Chris Browning from a bunch of films. Sarah French, Marcel Was, Sherry Davis. C.C. Um, Hendricks is coming. Tawny Katane, you guys, if you guys remember I, Tawny Katane from all the White Snake videos back in the day. Oh, she, yeah. I
2: gotta tell you half of those names, I adore the people. They're my family. And I'm so happy that they appreciate me, the no-beg. You know, usually I'm gonna be 80 in May, and people my age are cast aside because we're thought of as being narrow-minded, stupid, ignorant, fucked-up people because of where we came from a 100 years ago. But all these young people love me, and I love them back. And they're, they're just the best crew. And sometimes I say, gee, I wish I were 40 again, just so I could work 30, 40 years with them, because they're all sweet people, good girls. That's Sarah yeah, I, I like
0: to be 40s, too.
2: No, Sarah French is an outstanding (laughs) actress. You know, when Jimmy and I were driving in to see Blind, Marcel Waltz's film, I said to Jimmy, another piece of shit, we got to drive 200 miles. And Sarah French, I love her, but all she is is tits and ass. In every film, she's getting laid or getting felt up. I mean, how can she carry a movie? It's not possible. Ten minutes into the film, I turned to Jimmy. I said, my God, she's a great actress. I am so happy for Sarah French. She did a performance in Blind that was so fabulous. To me, it was the best movie I've seen all year long. I love the storyline. I love the way Marcel did it. It's, it's a great movie. Have you guys seen Blind?
0: I, I went to the premiere with you, yeah. You went with me? No, I saw you there.
2: And and I loved the film. I really loved it because it it was what an interesting story about. I don't want to give it away, but the plot was good. What I liked most about Sarah's performance was that she wasn't acting. She was portraying. She was she was the character. And I thought she did. She won more awards for that film, my friend. You got to see all the awards she's won. Anyway, so, so Sarah French is a new do. up and Sadie Katz, of course, is a they girl. all know. Sadie. Actually, yeah. you, we got
3: to remember that Harley lives in Detroit, right? You live in Detroit. He doesn't know the Hollywood. We don't get to always see you. Too bad that you don't also live here. You got to get your films to make millions of dollars. So you have a house in both places.
0: So we right. see you more often. Well, well yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think Sadie, I, I, I think, both. yeah, I think Sadie uh, is coming uh, on Friday and and uh, hopefully Marcel as well. Uh, yeah. And And, and more people you know.
2: Sadie is all over the world. They took her to Genoa, Italy to shoot a film, which I can't wait to see. She she, just in Paris. Then she went to to Chicago. She went to Florida. She went to Paris. She's all over the world now filming. Sadie Katz is soon going to leave the horror genre and go into major motion pictures. I feel that they're ready to pull her out of where she is now. And I think she's going to be up there with great Hollywood stars. Sadie, I worked with Sadie, like I said, and she was brilliant.
3: So, here's what we're gonna we do, going to t- t- do, guys. Here's what we're going to do. We're a two-hour show. I know. Here's what we're going to do. I Why know. are we going? Huh? Because I've got to call Lorene, and they can't add more people to the screen. Who
2: said they've got four people huh? on the screen? I know,
3: because it doesn't show up, and it doesn't work good.
2: You know what? Uh, uh, um, this show. So,
3: anyway, here's what we're going to do, you guys. First of all, you guys, uh, Agamon's Gate, February 11th. Follow, follow Harley, at Harley the Sweet. But I'm
2: enjoying them. Can't follow they stay? Follow John
3: Birch. Well, I don't uh, We can try. Scotty J, can you, can you add yeah.
1: Lorene? Let's no, Just
2: for you guys, because it's you, all right, I will bring I'm Lorraine course. in here. I'm having such a good time with these two. For <laughs> to to let's bring Lorraine into the party. Come on, let's bring her in. I'm going to dial her up right now. What do you think? Yeah, Absolutely. You know, I don't really you get go. You don't get people that give opinions like you two who are honest. Most of the people in our business are so fucking afraid of opening their mouths. You know, they're terrified of whatever they say. I, I'm enjoying this interview a lot. And I don't feel good, so that's good. But now with <laughs> are hopefully we're
1: getting about your troubles.
2: No, I get bitchy when I'm sick like this. That's why I, I went after. We that both have we both have the flu. flu. That's why I went after that friggin' whatever Lionsgate. Because he has the flu. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because I just felt that Lions. You know, <sighs> the script was okay. But I said to the director, listen, I'm from Brooklyn. I hung out with the mob. I grew up with the gangsters of Brooklyn. I know the mafia well. They're my friends. I'm in their house. They're in my house. Even the big bosses, the big names. I know how they think. I know how they function. I know how they talk. This line doesn't work. Brooklyn guys don't say this line. Like, over there is a diner.
3: Okay, we got to go. You
2: know, they're not going to say that. They're going to say, yeah, over there is a diner. Anyway, nobody listens. Lorraine, yeah. where's Lorraine?
3: Lorraine, hit your video button. Oh, there she is. I can see her. She's up there. Okay. Oh, I can Hey, Lorraine, can you see? Can you see Harley and and Jan? They're on the line also. Hi, Harley.
4: Hi, Lorraine. I can't wait to see you. Oh my God, that smile! Unbelievable, it's a beautiful smile. Okay. Look at his beard. Look at his beard. He's like wait, all like. Where is? Now. Where is
3: Lorraine? She's right there. I'm right there. That little round thing? Yes.
4: I'm here, but I'm not all there. What am I supposed to do? I no, no, you're there, you're there. Why can't it's you? It's gonna
3: be? get roached because you can't there's not enough room for everybody, which is what I told you just a minute ago. But we've had
2: four people on uh, it once. I know,
3: he's gotta work <laughs> he's gotta work it into the whole thing to make it work. Um oh, Lorraine. Hey Lorreen, it's so nice to see you. We also have Jan Birch who disappeared for a minute. I don't know where he went, but everybody welcome Lorreen Landon to the Jimmy Star show with Ron Russell.
4: Hi. Hi everybody, where's Jan? He's, he. he, he probably went, yeah. he,
2: he and, probably and went to he probably went to pee. He had a pee. <laughs> like.
1: And I, I gotta <laughs> let you know, I am actually on the site for the TV show, and I gotta walk back in here in a minute. So, so for okay. five minutes before I have to run back in, and uh, and uh, we're fine. actually getting our, our funds for the TV show today. Yeah, congratulations,
3: yay! All right, so that way, Thank
2: what, you. T- what, what, hey, TV back. what what TV show? What what TV show? It's what called, TV ta- show? It's what TV called show?
1: Tale of Tales. What is it? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of interesting. They brought me in to play the lead character of this TV show. And I read wow. everything through. I loved the character. Uh, but I felt the story was kind of thin. It takes place. It's a, a, an owner of a strip club uh, that's kind of a low-end mob boss. So it has a bit of the Ozark meets... The Sopranos, and then uh, a, a girl, the, one of the strippers, essentially ends up getting uh, missing. So uh, the police investigation starts, and we find out that everything in that club is not on the up and up, uh, and there's an awful lot of issues with, uh, with, with Nick. Um, so when they brought the story to me, there were uh, there was only pretty much Nick's story. That was pretty much the thread throughout the whole thing. I just feel that it wasn't multidimensional enough to draw a big audience. So I added a couple of layers. I feel, you know, since Sons of Anarchy ended, there's been a void of a good biker show. Uh, I felt I felt uh, like the criminal aspect to me felt like we should probably have uh, some kind of detective or FBI side of things uh, for them to feel even more hate on Nick. So I, I added these things. Uh, they loved the additions. I started writing for it, and then uh, uh, about five, six weeks ago, they asked me to direct. So uh, we start shooting it in in uh, in two weeks. Yeah, uh, February fourteenth, we start shooting.
4: shooting. That's
2: it. Sounds like a film I should be in—a gangster film. Another one.
4: <laughs> are you shooting in the Ozarks, Harley? Yeah, it's similar. It's it's in that direction for sure. I just came back from the Ozarks. Oh, yeah? Very I just, cool. I just shot a movie called Sorrow's Way in the Ozarks in Rockaway Beach and uh, um, uh, Branson, Missouri, and the nicest, most wonderful people. And uh, it's beautiful there, absolutely fabulous. I wanted to buy the house that we fought, uh, shot in. It's oh. directed by Ben Lawson. And a, an amazing cinematographer named Chuck France. So uh, you're really shooting in the Ozarks. You are, have you been there no, before? No,
1: no, no, no. no. I, I'm, I'm, uh, the show is similar to the show Ozark on Netflix. I
3: love that show. That's a great show. That's the one with Ju-
1: Justin ba-
3: uh, Bateman, J- Jason Bateman. Oh, yeah. Yes.
4: Well, congratulations, Harley.
3: Thank you, Laurie. All right, so let's do this. Let's let Harley go and then we'll bring Lorraine on the full screen so we can see him. Harley, everybody follow Harley the Sweet. See his new movie. Congratulations on your new TV show and congratulations on Agramon's Gate and all that you're doing to bring entertainment. Thank you so and much, we'll see, Harley. right, we'll see
2: you next Harley. We'll see you next week. You'll be here in we'll LA, next right? Friday. Yep. Friday. yep. Friday. We'll see you then and your lovely wife. Thank Terrific. You. Thank you for giving us it. thank you for giving us a good show.
1: Thank you. Thank
3: you. Bye, Harley. I mean, bye, yes, bye Harley. Oh, All there right. he is, Jesus Christ. Hi, now we have Jesus in the flesh. <laughs> Jesus in the flesh. <laughs> so now we have Lorene, you guys, and now we have Jan Birch and Lorene, and uh, they're both in oh, Agamon's oh, Gate. I only see Jan? I'm not seeing Lorene. You'll see her in a minute. She's here. Um, so uh, so what What we're going to do is uh, talk with the two of them. So now they're both in Agamon's Gate that's coming out on the 11th, and um, – uh, uh, and, and 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 it's another film that Lorreen doesn't have makeup on, and she looks all like crazy, whacked out. You guys have to go online and watch Agramon's Gate trailer on YouTube because it's phenomenal, uh, and I think you guys will like it a lot. So I think everybody needs to check it out and see it. And um, so, how many films have you two guys made together? Is that have you made more than
4: one? Forty.
0: 40?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I made no. you just a laugh.
0: Yeah, no. This is the this is the this is the 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 only one so far. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a lot more.
4: He's incredible in it. I mean, not only not only is this one of the most gorgeous men in Hollywood, but he is so distinct looking. He has such an unbelievably uh, uh, unusual look to him that when you see him on screen or anywhere, you know exactly who this guy is and I can't say enough about his performance because he terrified me in this movie. He really, really scared me in this movie. <laughs> and he is a absolutely luminous actor, and I am so grateful and so proud to work with him, and also uh, with beautiful Katie wallin who, you know, it was a collaborative effort. None of us starred in the movie. We, we, uh, we all star in the movie, Calhoun Koenig, is Aggramon, uh, you're Agrimon, everybody's Agrimon. I, I might be Agrimon. I still don't know, I haven't seen the movie, but Chris Riley is in it, Harley Wallin did an, an exceptional job of uh, creating a movie, he tackles, he tackles movies that are, uh, that most people will not touch, such as uh, human sex trafficking, uh, this one in particular, Fear, because inside all of us, is a dormant creature that, once it's woken, creates this irrational fear uh, impossible to control. And all these insecurities are bottled up inside of us in real life, and they stop many of us from actually living a real uh, productive life. I am one of them, because uh, fear has been my constant companion all my life. Uh, So I, I cannot tell you, I cannot express to you how brilliant, Uh, Jan Birch is in this role. I've seen him in so many movies, but Just just working with him. He encompassed he he became he became the
2: devil incarnate
3: Yeah, and he's uh, uh, super creepy in the trailer
2: I can't, I can't <laughs> say enough about you. What compliment? Super creepy. I like it. Yeah, so, no, I Laureen. mean, thank
0: you. I thank you so much, Lorene. I have to. I have to butt in here a little bit, Jimmy, uh, and and also uh, share uh, uh, you know her how I felt about her performance. I mean, when we when we shot the scene specifically in the in the hospital. Uh, you know, I you know I, as she knows now, I, I go quite deep into my character, and so I had my own little private space, oh, yeah. and, and I did not want to see her before we started shooting, you know, because I sat in this chair and prepared myself, because if I go up and talk to her, say, hey, what's happening? All of a sudden, you know, I'm becoming yawn again, and... and uh,
4: you break the character, yeah. Yeah, and
0: we because you know we didn't we don't have the, the you know two months to shoot this thing. It's not a studio film, so um, uh, you know when I find when it, so we basically didn't you know we rehearsed a little bit, but then we we really got deep into our characters, and I and especially the hospital scene. I come up and we start playing. And she's feeding me what, what what this character needed to get fed, basically. I mean, she feed. It, we bounced off each other t- tr- tremendously. I think it was bo- it was brilliant, not just on my end; it was brilliant on her end too, uh, most definitely. So thank
4: you. Well, I think I'm scarier looking than you, Jan, because I had no makeup on in the film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I, I had more makeup uh, makeup than you, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I have a
4: question
3: for you guys. Since you guys have both since you guys have both been in big studio productions and right. now you also make a lot of independent films where, you know, you're, you're shooting in 10 days. How, how is it as an actor, you know, going from movies that might take, you know, months to shoot to going to movies that take 10 days to shoot? I know for Ron, it's been a terrible thing. He just can't stand it. Cause you, know, you don't have to get to rehearse or do any of those we, things. We
2: used to go to 10 weeks of rehearsal. For a movie.
0: <laughs> no, I, I know. I mean, but one, I agree with Ron on that point, that you get a lot more time to prepare, uh, and, and like, like on blessed the Child, they told me four months in advance, and they wanted my body in a specific way, so I had to go to the gym like three times a day uh, to, get, to get that. Uh, but, but at the same time, though, uh, when you do the independent shorter shorter shoot... One advantage that I feel is that you get into your character and you stay in your character the whole time. If you're on a six month shoot, it's more difficult to stay in your character because, you know, uh, sometimes you just want to kick back at a bar, but, and, and then you you lose, you know, you lose more of your character. But if you have a 10 day shoot, you get in and I, I really don't get out at all.
2: But did you ever see in, in studio films an actor who, at some points of the film, is better than he was in other points of the film. The points where he's better is because he's done it longer. So you do acquire a better sense of who you are when you see the dailies, because you see where you fucked up on the dailies, and you prevent that from happening again. And now you're going to cultivate your character better. So I think that when you do a, a studio film of three months, you really have the character down pat and the film is so much better quality wise why is it motion pictures we see in the movie theaters on screen are professional looking and yet some of these movies that we see at these red carpets are not because of the timing it's yeah. all, you can't do quality, listen, you can't do good work in 10 days, I'm sorry it's not possible it's, oh. like, it's like manufacturing something quickly, it's not the quality of what's good oh. uh,
4: Conversely, conversely, when I was doing huge budget movies for like uh, 20th Century Fox, which was I the Jury with Armand DeSante, or All the Marbles with um, Peter Falk directed by the great Robert Aldrich and uh, Airplane 2, you had to work within a certain box, a bubble. And the beauty about independent films is I can do all this improvisation. That you cannot do in a studio film. They just want boom, boom, boom because of the time restraints. And uh, in independent films, I am allowed to do a lot of improvisation, and I bring my my uh, work to the table as gorgeous Jan does. And you know, we gorgeous Jan. <laughs> well, he is gorgeous. Get yes. out! Of here. If he wasn't married, well, it'd be a different story. But his wife, <laughs> wife will kill me. Anyway, I love Victoria. She's She should be a movie star. We love her too. <laughs> She's so beautiful <laughs> and kind. But what I'm trying to say is um, there there is a beauty to independent films and that is you are allowed to bring characters to, uh, to um, the format that you cannot bring to a big studio film. I've made 27 big studio films and every single one I had to go by the rules, and hurry, 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 whereas, and that's when we had um, um, film. I feel film is uh, forever, and digital is deletable, but the beauty about uh, uh, digital films is you can do it over and over and over again in a snap. That's true. so that's what I love about independent films is the ability
2: to do. Improv- yeah, but you don't get to do it over in independent films. If you don't get it right by six or seven times, you're out because there's no time. And there's no you need speed. Whereas a studio, when I was shooting that movie with Sophia, they were doing one scene for about 20 times until they got it right. And at one point, Sophia slipped on the wet concrete, fell down and cut her knee. And we had to wait hours for her to get better and come out and reshoot it. If that were a a 10-day shoot, they would have just edited out Her Falling and they would have moved on, which could could have ruined the film. Um, The quality, when I go to the movies and I see film, studio film, I see quality. I don't see hokey pokey, let's do it in the garage kind of film. When I go to some of these premieres, I see hokey pokey. I see bad directing, bad acting, bad scenery, bad everything. This is the point I'm trying to bring out. Um, when you're yeah. doing a twenty-five million dollar film, you have what to do with? When you're doing a hundred fifty thousand dollar film and a cast of eight people, you have nothing. So that's a sad part about indie films. They they never they'll never be quality films to go in theaters to make the big bucks. And if you're on the back end of a of a. Uh, a studio film you might make some money but if you're on the back end of these horror movies never you never make a nickel so that's the bad part actors don't get much money okay
0: you (laughs) you didn't leave that open for anybody to
2: comment. no i did i did no i
0: mean it 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 makes sense to to some extent i agree i agree uh it also, but but the thing is, even if it's an independent, you, it's all up to you how much you can prepare. Like when I work with Harley, I know three months before we shoot what I'm playing, I have the script. I'm working in script changes with him. It's it's a, But on the other hand, as I agree with you, I've done smaller independent films where I don't get the script until I get to set and I'm supposed to shoot that day. Yeah. Uh, they just yeah, basically just, told just me about ridiculous. the character and I don't. And and yeah, that that I don't like at all because I don't even know, you know, even even before shoot, and no names mentioned, but it just happened just last summer to me. Uh, I kept uh, calling the director, asking, so what, are, you know, what do you see? How do you see the character? He's like, well, let's talk about that later. And I'm like, I well, I want to talk about it now. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're shooting in two weeks. Yeah, but they don't. Uh, they don't. No. Yeah.
2: What did you th- What did you think of Hanukkah? I never saw. it.
0: I never, never saw it.
2: Well, you're lucky you didn't see it. It was the worst film ever made. I don't know how they had the audacity to call it a movie. It was backwards, upside down, inside out. Also, though, we didn't see
3: the newest one.
2: I don't give a shit. The one I saw was hideous. It was was something that an eight-year-old could do with a movie camera in a garage. It was a horrible film. Hanukkah stinks. And it had some good actors in it. My Sadie Katz was in it. And my Sadie was not happy with that film.
3: So I have a uh, a comment, though, then, about what – now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, with Jan – Oh, shit. Now I forgot what I was going to say. See, like I messed it up. I my, lost my, my moment.
2: My mother would say that it was a lie. No, it was It was something about the whole indie
3: film, because not all indie films are terrible. Oh, hey, I know what I was going to say. No, no, I got it now. Like, like one thing about it, Han, because I've seen almost, I think I've seen most of the indie films, and some of the ones you've been in have been really, really good. Some of them not so good. Unfortunately, everybody's got some indie films that are not so good. Um, but I think that working with Harley is different than I, uh, than a lot of the other indie producers, because... He seems to be very uh, willing to work it out with you. You know, three months in advance, you guys are already like talking about the way it's going to be, and and so I think he seems way more involved as a director than a lot of the other directors who you just show up and do whatever you do, and they don't really direct you.
2: I came from Hollywood
0: years, No, that's uh, that that is that is to to completely correct. That is true, and then that's why I don't really see what we do with Harley as as a. I don't put him in the same box as all the other He's independent not. small horror movies at all. I see he it not. more as a, like I told, uh, like I told you guys earlier as a very much longer relationship. And it has not been all horror. You know, it's been an action thriller on the first, the first movie I ever did with him. I, I played a Swedish scientist in an action thriller, about that, uh, uh, uh you know, human slavery. Uh, yes, and then, and then, uh, and then, uh, eternal code was also, uh, uh, you know, like more of a crazy scientist, but, but, uh, uh I don't. I get I don't put him in the boxes. A lot of other names we can mention here. Uh, I think he takes it much more serious. He takes it much more serious to get his investors' money back. That's for sure. Well, that's uh, than and then a lot of I, other these people.
4: That's, that's why, why That's why I call him uh, Harley, the King of Social Commentary, because, uh, akin to my departed best friend Larry Cohen, Larry always uh, had a social commentary or a thematic echo. In all his films. And Harley does that too. Like I said earlier. He tackles issues like human trafficking. And about uh, science. Um, and, and different things. Like this. In, for instance fear. This movie is predicated upon fear. Which we can all relate to at some degree in our lives. But he tackles issues in, in his movies. That no one else will touch. Uh, and you, you can see it in his work. And I, I, just, I just love working with him, and, and he, he comes to you when you're shooting, he talks to you uh, gently, what if we tried it this way, how do you feel, and he, he uh, in this particular role, I went places in my, in my uh, reverie, in my past, that were untapped for a long time, that I kept under lock and key in my heart, because it was so painful and excruciating, and that was my father, and how my father died. And I never talk about that. I never go into detail what happened with my father, how he died. But Harley was able to bring that out because we had talked a little bit about it and he opened me up. He got me to open up and that's why I was able to perform this role the way that I did it. I wasn't- I can't wait to see I, it. I, I can't wait to see I it either. I was allowed to improv. My, I'm it in, sounds
2: in, like a good film, Lorreen.
4: i I'm now, I could only use my eyes. My heart and my head.
2: Good. Uh, I, another another point I want to bring out. When Barbara Streisand decided to write, produce, and direct, they called her the triple the triple threat. Yeah. It, it was looked upon in Hollywood as an egotistical, terrible move. Nowadays, most of the films that I've been in or I've seen friends in are written produced and directed by the same person, right. I, I think that doesn't give enough influx of other people's thinking and feelings. When you write it, direct it, and produce it, it's a one-way-sided thinking. That's what makes these films look one-sided, one-way thinking. You read lines, you don't act anymore. I saw you in that other film last week. Unfortunately, not enough of you
4: I was cut out a lot of
2: it, and I'm yeah. Well, the film was a the film was a disaster as far as I'm concerned because it made absolutely no sense to me. I watched it. I mean, you were fabulous as that drunken evil bitch, and I wanted more of you. I was and in then, it a
4: lot more. I was cut out a lot of it.
2: I know, which made no sense. So your character absolutely was not of any value to me. I dismissed it and said, okay, she's a one-shot deal in this movie. But the directing wasn't very good. And I didn't care much for the story, and I thought the film was awful. Then I found out the reasons why, and I quite understood why the film was chopped to pieces and made to look like shit. But it won't go anywhere, that film. So the person that did all these things only was her her own worst enemy. Yeah, we won't. We won't say her name. No, we won't say her name, but you know, we know that this happens in film, and it's a shame because some of actors' best work lies on the floor in the cutting room, and that's a sin because you work very hard and long hours, 17, 18 hours, to get what you're doing perfect, and then these people so carelessly, thoughtlessly just chop it up and throw it on the floor, like, oh, well, fuck that, we don't need that. Well, you do need it. If you didn't need it, it wouldn't have been shot. That's true. Lorraine, yeah, I have no, to say I mean, you look gorgeous. Lorraine, I mean the, two of, you guys, the two of You
3: guys are like supermodels on the screen she's here.
2: My 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 <laughs> Lorraine is always my gorgeous. Go ahead, Jan. She's what were you my, gonna say? Yeah, what
0: I was going to I was going to say a little bit on on, on Ron's note there uh, uh, to compare Harley with, with a lot of other these other guys that we have we have touched base on it before. He does, even if he wrote uh, or co-wrote uh, some of these, I mean, Agamon's, was a, a friend of his, I mean, and Brett now writes, and the next movie we're doing together called uh, Beneath Us All, I'm playing a, a Viking vampire. Yeah, they were shooting in April. That's also a different writer. So he's he's opening up the doors a little bit more. But at the same time, even if he writes the, 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 the concept and he does produce and direct, he does allow, he opens the door specifically for the actors. And I've seen him work with his DP a lot and, and, and the editing like he discussed before. So he's a little bit of a rare gem that way. Uh, Absolutely. On, on, even if he wears all the hats... Uh, it's not his way or the highway. It's more like, okay, so how can this be better? And that's but not. That... But
2: not not everybody is like him. Yeah, he's no, a, he's, no, he's, he's, a, he's
3: a he's a diamond
0: in
2: yeah, the rough. he's an exception to the rule. Now, for example, listen to what I have to do. I'm in. I'm shooting a film here, thankfully in Palm Springs, I believe, and it's called The Angry Gun. Of course, I play the head of the mob, a real big killer guy that knocks everybody off. So, of course. So so son, <laughs> Sunday I'm having. The the writer and the producer over, he's the one man, for dinner, Sunday lunch. And we're going to sit and we're going to discuss this film, and we're going to discuss my character, and we're going to discuss the script. He's a young guy. He used to be my editor years and years ago when I had my TV show, Set the Record Straight. He's a phenomenal photographer, and now he's been in producing. So I I won't use his name yet, but we have a good friendship going and camaraderie. And I, and I want to just discuss with him, and I want to teach him, get to know your actor socially for a little bit. Get to feel what you could get out of that actor. Study the mannerisms of the actor. Like this guy, Jan, has the eyes. His eyes could stab you with knives. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and that's like in person. He's not acting. Jan looks at you, and you feel Dag is going through you. So you know what? No, it's true. So you know what? Use those eyes. Use, if a writer is smart in the script, have the camera. Do a close-up of Yon staring a dirty look at somebody. Years ago in Hollywood, we didn't only speak. Today in all these horror movies, they read lines. We acted. We moved. You, we, you know, we could walk across a room, look down at the floor, shake our head, not say a word, and the audience knew what we were doing, saying, and thinking. They don't do that today. Actually, uh, Lorraine is doing that in this movie because in basically, Lorene, you know, no, Lorraine is an actress. Let's not even get into her. Lorraine is my favorite. Please, Lorraine, Lorraine can <laughs> act. I mean, Lorraine and Jan can like, act. Like, fuck her. She's not even in this conversation. Lorraine is, <laughs> Lorraine is my movie star. I'm not even talking about. Her. Oh, Sadie Katz, another tremendous actress. Are you kidding? I'm talking about some of these people I know. And, like, I want to be nice, and after a shot, I want to open my mouth, but I say, don't you dare, they'll kick you off the set because yeah. you're going to be a troublemaker. So it's sad. But it, acting is not only speaking. Why don't they do that anymore?
0: Okay, yeah, go I mean, for mean, so, Some of the, some of the big, big directors still does that, and, I mean, uh, uh, fortunately, a lot of times when I'm at uh, the studio films I've done, Uh, The way before, besides just audition or callbacks, uh, uh, 80, 90 percent of the time, the director actually asked me to have dinner. Uh, which I uh, think it's it's a, a brilliant wonderful. idea. And that's brilliant. why they always did that. They always did that in the past, in the old days. Well, and, and and they did exactly what you're telling me, what you told us now. You sit there and you discuss things and they, they observe yeah. you. They study you. They study your mannerisms. Absolutely. And then they make a decision. Is this guy good for the role or not?
2: Absolutely. I was, I was just going to say something important. It went out of my mind and it's so important. I, what the hell was I going to say? In the, in the meantime. Yeah, in the meantime, I can, my mind is going blank, by the way. I'm go, in the meantime, I'm we'll tell everybody you
3: want to like. So, Lorene, you guys, uh, Lorene and Yann are in a new film. It's going to be available for the world to see on February 11th. It's called Agramon's Gate. If you go on YouTube and plug in Agramon's Gate um, uh, on YouTube, oh. you can see the trailer, which is phenomenal. And you will see Lorene looking not like you ever see Lorene. Every time we see Lorene, right. she's so like dolled let me, up. let me
2: interrupt because I, I won't forget. Marcel Waltz did a film called Blind. Yeah. I'll give you a quick rundown of the film. They know it. They've all been they there. Well, no, for our audience. Famous movie star Gorgeous Glamour Girl goes blind from a bad operation. She's now in her gorgeous home up in the Hollywood Hills. Well, a fan who's a psycho sneaks into her house and lives there without her knowing. Because she's blind. Now, Marcel did a lot of what I love, no dialogue. The scene that I love the most, which is the oldest cliche scene in the world, has been done a million times, still got me to go, oh! She (laughs) she was in the refrigerator getting some wine out of the refrigerator, and when she shut the refrigerator door, he was standing right there. Yeah. That was a a fabulous piece of old-fashioned work, but it got me. Because I knew how creepy it was. Could you imagine this guy was following her around, watching her shower, watching her sleep? He was absolutely following her all over her own house, and she never knew he was there. It
4: reminded me me of the movie uh, with um, uh, Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn, yeah.
2: Yeah, Wait Until Dark.
4: Dark, dark, Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a brilliant film. I think Marcel did a fabulous job with it, and, and, and Sarah French. Sarah French was brilliant in yes. it. I love that. I love that film. I love the concept. I love the story. And you know what the sad part is? He can't get distribution. Why? I don't know why. A film that is classically fabulous, because it's not shit. If it was a piece of crap with heads rolling off and guts flying out and eyeballs hanging out, he would have got distribution. Because it's a it's 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 in the mode of Alfred Hitchcock. It's right. that kind of a film. Yeah. I, don't I can't understand why he can't get distribution.
4: Thriller. Yeah, it was terrific. He's
2: I one- loved it.
3: It, it was terrific, yeah. and, and, and we're not allowed to tell how much. But, I mean, this movie, the movie was made for no money, which shows that if you're a good filmmaker for no money, you can put together a good film.
2: You know what's brilliant? Mark, M- Marcel is German from Germany. He did many films in Germany. German filmmakers... Uh, have a way of making film that is articulate and very, very definite.
4: And artistic, very artistic.
2: Very artistic. So Marcel's got another film he's doing now. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be another stupendous film. Marcel is a fabulous... Uh, director and producer. He's up and coming and he's gonna be up there one day with the biggies.
3: Let's let's brag on Lorene a little. So Lorene, besides Agrimon uh, Lorene, I, besides Lorene. Oh, Gate, how is the how is the roller derby thing going? What
2: roller derby thing? Well, you you play, the police.
3: You're the police marsh commissioner. In the
2: roller derby film. She
3: forgot. There, oh, no, it's wrestling. It's wrestling. <laughs> it's wrestling. So what are you doing with roller derby? No, no, I, I messed up roller derby. Well, I forgot what it's called. Were you the commissioner? I saw the videos. You're the commissioner of the wrestling women or something.
4: Oh, oh. oh whoa, <laughs> future <laughs> ladies of wrestling. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, it's GLOW, fabulous, uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling, but now it's called FLOW, fabulous ladies of wrestling. Gotcha. But I've been. I've been doing another film called Sorrows Way in uh, Branson, Missouri and also uh, Rockaway Beach. And I stayed with the mayor, Rex Reed. I stayed at the mayor's house when I was there with him and his husband. And we had a fantastic time. I cried my eyes out when I left. But it's a beautiful story about a woman who's dying and she has lost uh, all contact with her daughter. And what what happened was... uh, she was in a terrible uh, accident years, 20 years ago, and she hasn't spoken to her daughter in over 20 years. And she's dying now, and she's trying, trying desperately to get to go see her daughter. So it's kind of like a road trip, and she meets all these people along the way that would have represented her daughter, her son who was killed in the car crash, and also her husband. So, and essentially, it's about reaching out and telling people that you love them. And the thematic echo of the movie for me is the bitterest words ever said in life. The bitterest tears ever shed are for words that are left unsaid. And along that. Oh my gosh. That's like almost makes you want to cry. (laughs) Well, that's what she's desperately trying to do. And she has a very limited time to do it. And um, it's true. We all should reach out and forget about politics. Forget about Forget about everything except uniting, reaching out, call somebody today, tell them you love them. Look what happened to poor Kobe Bryant and all those poor children.
2: Not just, yeah, over. and listen to you, Miss Big Bullshit Artist. When are you coming to visit me? I keep inviting <laughs> yeah, we love you, you. Reach, reach <laughs> someone, I, call out. I, 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 call, I call out to you all the time. I reach out to you all I, the I time because I love car. you so much.
4: I didn't have a car, I just got another car. I didn't have a car for two months. I just got, well, a,
2: we would have come <laughs> and gotten you. Come on, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't pick me
4: up and do yes, back out.
2: Yes, I would. You don't know me. Yes, I would we'll J- pick you up. Jimmy we'll pick Yon
3: has- and Victoria, too. You can, yeah. we can take a, you can get a ride with us.
2: Yeah, we'll have Yon yeah. and Victoria come so, out, and then you can so all So, Miss Fuller-Bologna, no. don't give me that shit with reach out and call somebody. <laughs> I just got
4: a, car, time. I got a car five days ago, eh? I just went and got the license plates for Let's, my
2: new listen, car. listen up, listen up, Miss Missy. I love you more than anything, and you know it. You know how much I love you. You're my favorite oh. person. You and Sadie Katz are my dream girls. All right. If you were a girl, Jan, you'd be in there too, but you're
0: not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and guys. I'm serious. Hey Ron, have you seen Have you seen uh, um, Cyber Bandits?
2: No. Uh, no. Are you with?
0: It? Uh, uh, I'm playing Princess Paula. I played transvestite in that movie, so you can uh, you can get a little feel of the other side. No, 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 no
2: you're, you're you're in drag. You're in drag. I'm in full drag. I mean, you're gonna be an ugly woman. Oh, uh, we have to that. me, <laughs> ugliest fucking woman I have ever seen. It's me and Grace Jones. She's my girlfriend. Okay, Grace is Grace, Grace looks like a
4: guy. Beard, what? What? Are you shaving your beard? Oh, no,
0: the beard is gone for that movie. That was, that movie was made in 1995, but it's a fun movie. It's, uh, uh,
3: we're going to watch it. Just for, isn't Adam Ant in that movie also?
0: It's in the movie, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, we're gonna have to watch it just because we want to see what I, yeah, Jan looks definitely. like. Yeah, definitely. Which see in, Jones and
2: Drag, he's gotta look like I don't know what. <laughs> so hang on, you guys, because we've only
3: got three minutes. So,
2: Lorene, uh, real Lorene, quick. Lorene, 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 what is you.
4: what's your Twitter at Lorene underscore Landon? Is that right? Oh no, it's just Lorene Landon on Twitter. Please, everybody, follow me now.
3: Follow Lorene. Follow follow Jan. He's Jan Birch. Um, everybody, you want to see these? You want to see these two superstars in Agramon's Gate? It's coming out on February 11th. Directed by Harley Wallen, who's also tickets? in it. Do
4: people have to buy tickets or what? Do I have to buy a ticket?
3: No, you don't get to invite people. It's invite only for the uh, actual Lorene, premiere. you're
2: in the movie. You don't get to buy tickets.
3: joking. <laughs> we're coming, though, Lorene. We're, we're on the invite list, so we're coming to see you at your premiere on Friday. I hope and- so. We can't wait to see you. But the rest of the world can see it on February 11th on Video On Demand. So we want everybody to see it so the film can be a big hit for Harley and for all the actors that are here with us now. Katie,
4: Katie Wallin is in it. She's fabulous. Yes. And a very yep. organic actress. And Calhoun Koenig is in it.
2: She's wonderful. We've got a lot of people there that we want to see that we like a lot. But really you, you the most. You the most. Now, really, seriously, when are you going to come out to the house on a nice Sunday, we'll have a lunch, and then the, an evening, we'll do something. We'll have some friends over. Maybe you could sleep over if we find some place to put you. Can
4: we all sleep in the same bed? Can we all sleep in the same
2: no. bed? No, we can't sleep in the same bed. We're not Palm Springs three-way people, believe me. <laughs>
4: well, you try, you try, right? You try.
2: <laughs> you tried, Lorraine Jimmy, Jimmy and I are not into John, that stuff. John, I
4: love that halo around you. <laughs> Don't shake Everybody loves it. So, what
2: is that actually? It looks like Jesus Christ. It's
4: actually
0: actually, uh, a silver plate. This is my office. Uh, It's a silver plate, it's a decorated thing, but. and you know, obviously now it works like a halo, and I can use that's, it again. That's no. the only.
2: That's the only thing you have on the wall is a silver plate, which yeah. is halo. Guess, guess, guess what? He's going to get about thirty-five thousand offers now to play Jesus Christ. Everybody that sees this show, they're going to say, "Get yawn for Jesus! Look, get yawn for Jesus!" I, like, love it.
3: All right, everybody, so we've got to go. We want to, like, thank uh, Harley Wallen. We want to thank Jan Birch. We want to say hello to his wife, Victoria. We want to say uh, thank you to Lorene Landon, who is the love of our life.
2: Um, chat room, everybody. We you had know a great what, Jimmy, time. Stop saying that. She's not the love of your life. She's the love of my I life. Mean, I
3: ta- She calls
2: me. I talk to her all the time. Yeah, because you talk business. <laughs> oh, well. she doesn't call me because you know she's so in love with me. I'm in love with her. We're afraid to talk to each other. Yes, <laughs>
3: you gotta like go. Um, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Everybody, uh, Lorraine, we're and 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 Jan, we're gonna see you guys next Friday night at the premiere. Everybody, have a great weekend. Chat thank room, you. thank you. Um, Scrappy J, Danielle, thank, thank, you. You.
2: Right. thank you. Thank Bye. you. I will we'll see you everybody you. next Bye. week. Bye,
1: everybody. Yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Starr's so we're good.